Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angel waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Nine years ago, almost exactly, in February of 2012, I had the great privilege really the privilege of a lifetime of taking a holy pilgrimage to the Holy Land. It was the February after I was ordained the previous summer and Kyle and I traveled with our bishop um, and my colleagues and their families who had also been ordained. Now I'm embarrassed to admit this, but one of the many surprises of the trip was how truly beautiful the land is. We spent the first three nights in the city of Tiberias at a hotel right on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. We could step out on our balcony and see it and smell it. We spent our days exploring the land where Jesus was from, spent the majority of his life and his ministry. Nazareth, his hometown, is in that Galilean region, as is Bethsaida. We walked up the Mount of Beatitudes, rode a boat out on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus spent about 75% of his life and ministry in this region. Now, as many of you know, I'm from West Texas, so I grew up surrounded by flatland and tumbleweeds and dust storms. There weren't trees or water. They were desert-like conditions. And for some reason, I mistakenly believed that the Holy Land looked like that. Uh, when I was reading my Bible stories, both as a child and into adulthood, when I pictured Jesus walking around, I pictured him walking in the desert. But not so. The Galilean region is lush. There were deep green rolling hills, even in February, bright red poppies, yellow wildflowers, which we learned are those lilies of the valley, rivers and lakes. It is lush. It is peaceful. Standing there, I couldn't help but think, no wonder that when God chose to dwell on earth, this is where God wanted to be, to walk, to smell the beautiful flowers, 
to swim in the Sea of Galilee. God picked a stunning place to dwell. And this morning's gospel text, Mark, our gospel writer, tells us that Jesus of Nazareth is in Galilee, this beautiful land. He also tells us of John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, baptizing him in the River Jordan. On our trip, we also spent five days in Jerusalem. And while there, we visited a church that is presumed to be the site of the home of John the Baptist, really the home of his parents, uh, Elizabeth and Zachariah, where he was born. It sits up on this picturesque hillside right on the outskirts of town with views of the green hills around the city. There are plants blooming all around the winding limestone streets. I said to a colleague as I stood in front of this house, if I were John the Baptist, I would never leave this place and go to the wilderness. The same can be said for Jesus. It's a wonder he didn't spend all of his days on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, where it's peaceful and calm. It felt like the worries of the world were washing away with each gentle wave upon the shoreline. But our gospel text this morning gives us that stark reality that both of these men, Jesus and John, they leave the safety and comfort and beauty of their homes to willingly enter into the wilderness. The wilderness is where John, the prophet, chooses to live his life and ministry, baptizing people in the River Jordan. The wilderness is where Jesus goes to be baptized by John and then to fast for 40 days and 40 nights where he is tempted by the devil. Well, we also saw the wilderness described here and it's not pretty. We journeyed to the monastery of the temptation built into the very mountain where Jesus was tempted and gone were the lush hills and green valleys. It was replaced by brown mounds of sand as far as the eye could see. It was stark. It was harsh. There weren't signs of life. It felt lonely. Well, today, this very first Sunday of Lent, we step into the wilderness with Jesus. We are led by the Spirit, and we may feel the hot sand burning our toes, the unending light blinding our eyes. But for whatever reason, again and again, year after year, we journey into this wilderness of Lent. Now, if you're anything like me, you might be wondering why we can't just skip to Easter now, especially this year, because we have been living in the wilderness for the last year. In fact, it was right in the middle of Lent when the whole world shut down. Do we really need 40 more days of it? I find myself asking. I am ready for resurrection already. But the thing about Lent is that it gets us ready for resurrection. It's a season in the Christian year observed the 40 days leading up to Easter when we choose to enter the wilderness. It's not a time when the wilderness chooses us. It's a time when we, in good faith, with open and contrite hearts, choose to walk with Jesus towards the cross, towards death. Again and again, we get ourselves ready for resurrection. Our theme for Lent this year is indeed again and again. Because in Lent, we're reminded that again and again, suffering 
and brokenness find us. We doubt again, we lament again, we mess up again. Again and again, the story of Jesus on the cross repeats. Every time lives are taken unjustly, every time the powerful choose corruption and violence, every time individuals forget how to love. We exclaim again, how long, O oh God? And yet in the midst of the motion and the blur and the chaos of our lives, God offers us this sacred refrain. I choose you, I love you, I will lead you to repair. Again and again, friends, God breaks the cycle and offers us a new way forward. The theme provides a clear invitation to a time when much around us is unclear. Because even while worshiping apart, we come to God again and again with our prayers, our dreams, our hopes, and our doubts. Even if from a distance, we will continue to be a community to one another, especially when it's hard, by choosing each other over and over again. We will continue to love God with the same persistence God chooses and claims us. And in this season, we need rituals. That's part of what helps us get ready. Rituals old and new to remember, to be transformed. Embodied practice builds muscle memory. Repetition helps retrain our neural pathways. Friends, we need the 46 days of Lent because this season shapes us into more faithful disciples. This Lent, again and again, we bring all of who we are to God, and we trust that God will meet us time and again along the way. So we enter the wilderness again and again to remind ourselves with intention that God is with us in and through all things. Look at our passage from Mark. Mark is the shortest gospel. His narrative moves very quickly with few details. In a few short verses here, we have Jesus's baptism, then he's driven into the wilderness where he's waited on by angels, and then he begins his public ministry with a call to repentance. Throughout all of that, God is with him. First naming and claiming him as beloved in his baptism, then sending angels to attend upon him in the wilderness. And then as Jesus shares the nearness of his kingdom. In Lent, as we journey with Jesus towards the cross, we are called to intentionally remember that God is with us, to go into the wilderness willingly and to ask ourselves this question, what needs to die in my life, in our lives, in our communities? that is keeping us from God? How can we let go of whatever that is and begin to seek God more intentionally? Lent is a season for repentance. Now, oftentimes that word repentance can get a bad rap. The church is too often taught that repent means to confess what you have done wrong, apologize, be absolved, rinse and repeat. Or it's used to try to make us feel guilty or as a tool of shame. But repentance is so much more than that. The Greek word repent actually means to turn around. Repentance requires a radical shifting of what we know, turning away from how the world sees 
and turning towards the ways that God sees. Turning away from what keeps us from God, what keeps us from kingdom living, and then to seek God first in all we do. We enter this wilderness because we know that like Jesus, we will emerge on the other side empowered to live lives that bring us closer to God, that model God's love and compassion and justice to all we meet. Jesus needed the wilderness before he could begin his public ministry. And it's one of the reasons we enter into it again and again to empower us for our own journeys. Now, exactly what this looks like will be different for each of us. It changes for us each year, depending on where we are in our lives. That question examining what keeps me from God. Maybe it's scrolling on our phones, getting tempted by worldly power or profit, gaining more and more things as if that will finally fill up the hole inside of us. Maybe it's an idol of busyness. It's also examining how we have strayed from God, not just in our own lives, but also as a community. We look around and say, where are the places that God's kingdom hasn't yet come? Where are people hungry and thirsty and grieving, separated from flourishing community? And how can we die to those ways of being that make that true and then participate with God in bringing something new? The first step is to be intentional about asking ourselves these questions. In your lint bags that you got, you have 46 individual prayer cards that you can use every day that guide you. They've got some scripture you can read, a prayer, and a question to reflect upon. I hope you'll join your community of faith as we pray these prayers every day and begin to see how this changes us and shapes us individually and as a community as we commit to pray every day. Lent is not easy. The wilderness is not easy. It is stark and it is harsh. But our journey of faith is not easy. Discipleship is not easy. It shouldn't be easy. But the good news is when we choose to enter into this wilderness, the spirit who is with us the whole time will indeed lead us out so that the next time we face a wilderness that's not of our own choosing, we will have the tools to help us crawl out of there closer to God. And we can be confident that the Spirit is with us the whole time and rely on that power, not on our own. For when we emerge, we will be stronger and closer to God, more free, free to live lives of obedience to God's ways, free from distractions that tempt us to fill up on what will not actually satiate our hunger. And at the end of this journey, this 40 days, we will be closer to the God who is always, always close to us. For friends, as we journey towards Easter, we follow Jesus towards the cross and then resurrection. We too must die to all that keeps us from God. But when we have the courage to walk into the wilderness to face those deaths, empowered by the gift and the guidance of the Spirit, just imagine. Imagine the resurrection that we will experience on Easter. For nothing in our own power, our own doing, can bring life out of death. Resurrection comes from God. And friends, it is coming. New life for all of us is waiting on the other side again and again and again. 
Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.